something you spoke about, I think speaks to this concept too, is if you serve, and you talked a little bit about serving your soul, like serving like your connection and how we need to focus on like that first before we sort of go outside of ourselves. But you're someone that's in such service to the world and service to others. So how do you find that balance where people need to serve their highest expression and their soul and their creativity, but then also be in service in a way that helps us make change for the rebirth? I think we would find that those are not mutually exclusive of each other, right? And so my deepest joy is to be engaged in really intense living. I love the intensity of you know, academics. I love the intensity of intellectual pursuit. I love the intensity of playing a djembe by a fireside with friends. I love the intensity of, you know, creating music. I love the feeling of guitar strings under my fingers. I, I, and so what blesses me deeply and what serves me spiritually, whether it be music by the fireside or, you know, creative process in my work, Ultimately, it, it needs to be for me first, and then it will be the highest expression of myself in service to others. You know, but if I get those out of order, and I lead with a sense of duty, that puts me in an endocrine state of deficiency, scarcity. There's not enough time for me, so I, because I serve everybody else, so that puts the whole body in a sense of fight or flight state immediately upon awakening. If you're trying to serve everybody else before yourself, and this is incredibly challenging in parenting, right? We have created nuclear families, which was, you know, the most devastating thing perhaps to our sense of self because it used to be that the kids would wake up in community and they'd run around together and now the kid runs straight to mom at five o'clock in the morning and wakes her up from much needed sleep and expects everything to flow through that one woman or whatnot. And that is so exhausting as a parent when you've, the entire tribe has been replaced by you, you know, and... And so I think we can find out that we've kind of done that across the board. We've done that over and over again in isolation, creating this extreme sense of duty and service to others before self. And so it's important to think about how we start to redesign the family unit. You know, how do we start to reimagine, you know, the whole construct of these special relationships, you know, like exclusivity is not the answer. Nature has never worked through exclusivity. And so... How do we start to imagine past that? How do we start acting in community as community? How do we start to serve ourselves before community? It's it's going to be a process because it's really never been done successfully. You know, I believe maybe there's a few spots, but I, I can see it, you know, already having its, you know, kind of stress marks on it. And when I went down to a tribe in the South America in those recent months and some deep in the Amazon with uh, incredible group Pachamama uh, network and uh, the Pachamama Alliance with Lynn Twist and her incredible group there. They've been with this indigenous group for 26 years and it was the last indigenous group on the planet to have touch with you know, the colonial powers. And so they actually actively reached out to the West through dream work. They were the first in anthropologic history to reach out to a colonial power instead of just being invaded by and so they did that um, because they saw in their dreams that they would be destroyed, their force would be destroyed by this power that was out there. And so they started reaching out through dreams and inviting people into their world through dream work. And when they showed up, they've been, you know, the call has been, we need, you know, our purposes, you know, the Achuar is to help the West redream itself, you know, redream its reality. And it's really humbling to be around a peoples that sees its own termination 
and reaches out with kindness and a sense of, you know, community, a, a new sense of like, we all need to be connected. This is one thing. This is one planet. This is one people's. And they've been carrying that, you know, awareness for 40,000 years, living in the same location of the jungle for 40,000 years. And it's, you know, the abundance quality is obvious when you're in that group. Their kitchens are kind of amazing. There's no refrigerators. There's no storage. They basically cook and prepare what they need that day. And then they go out in the rainforest and they collect again what they're going to need the next day because the forest has always provided for them for 40,000 years. And so when you walk into our kitchens and see all of the frenetic storage and then you walk into our grocery stores and see the more vast amount of frenetic storage, we've forgotten that connection to a, a provision of nature. And we've outsourced that to monopolies and massive corporations. And so we need to start to regain that connection. So then the question is, well, are these indigenous people, are they the answer? Do we just template after them? And I think the answer ends up being no. I think there's still a higher, you know, trans mutation that we're going to have to create for humanity because you see a lot of the same vulnerabilities in their psyche as soon as they touch the West. You know, their kids are now going to schools and cities and they're starting to get obesity and diabetes and diseases they've never had by just a, a decade or two of touch with the West. They're getting sick and they're also, you can see them immediately, you know, adopting the consumer behavior. They suddenly all want engines for their boats. They want, you know, they've literally got cell phones in the jungle and they're scrolling Facebook. It's just like, whoa, that is so fast to take away the sense of freedom, the sense of autonomy that's been in there for 40,000 years. We, we managed to turn that off in two short decades, you know. So, so consumerism is a powerful drug to the human brain. And so we're going to have to really collectively work to find the opposite, which is ultimately creativity, I hope. Mm. Is consumerism like a dopamine, serotonin conversation or what? what is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's all the reward pathways there. So you'll get norepinephrine, epinephrine, uh, kind of modulation as well as the dopamine, serotonin. But it's basically a reward system just like, you know, you show the mouse how to push the button and a bean drops out. They'll, they'll keep pushing that thing in, infinitum, you know, because there's this immediate neural connection of if I do this, I get this. And so it's it's a dangerous you know, pattern in our neurology that I think we have the opportunity to grow out of. And instead of saying we push the button, something comes out, we ask the deeper question of what are we really looking for? And maybe that's what the mouse hasn't been given the ability to ask. What are we actually looking for in life? What are we actually chasing? Is it really more stuff or is it actually space? Is it actually self-awareness? Is it actually a sense of peace? Is it actually a sense of community? Is it actually a sense of deep purpose within that's being expressed through creative capacity? And obviously, I think those are it. But how are we going to stop the addiction process? And so it's, it's a, quite a journey we have ahead. And we have to do it really, really quick. But uh, I think it's possible. I think that I see for every you know darkness of our moment, I see an opposite and equal light uh, within our moment. And people are popping off right now. And people are waking up to realizing that they had put themselves in a box. The world had put them in a box spiritually into their religion boxes relationally into their exclusive special situations into the family whole, box family box <laughs> the work box you know I'm happy meal box <laughs> I'm an employee then, yeah very good example so <laughs> we've keep we, we've been reductionist in that opportunity and there's an opportunity to kind of just blow all of that up and I see it happening all over if, if anything's happened in 2021 which I think is one of the questions is I think we are seeing the dichotomy of control and freedom 
Mm-hmm. And we're seeing freedom rise. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing control rise mm-hmm. at the same rate, mm-hmm. which is creating this extraordinary stress mm-hmm. on the society, on the mm-hmm. planet. It's creating psychosocial stressors among us. And we need to be called to, to take the time now to say, okay, what is the space between those two extremes? Instead of rushing towards the control or the freedom, what's the space between? What is the, what's all of that plasticity in between capable of holding? And that's where we're going to find our future. There's a great scripture in Ecclesiastes that says, I've seen two evil evils. One is a foolish man living long in his foolishness, and one is a wise man dying young in his wisdom. And it is better to grasp the one while not letting go of the other, the foolishness and the wisdom. And so it's better to grasp them both. And the next line always gives me goosebumps. For God is in heaven, you are on earth, so let your words be few. (laughs) For a guy who talks his brain out all the time, I have to remind myself all the time that my words should be few. I need to be generous Mm. with the space between my words. Mm -hmm. So I hope that everybody listening here is feeling me more than listening to me mm-hmm. because I am. I showed up here today to be present with all of you and to show you the hurt, the hope, the frustration, the sense of loss, the sense of gain, the sense of freedom, the sense of fear, all of that within me. And I'm just going to stand here for a moment and reflect all that back at you because it's, it's the same as you're going through. And it's not something we need to hold on to. We can just acknowledge that's all flowing through. Let go of it. Surrender it. Be in the space between our words. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.